I haven't got a joke this week. What? Just to let you know. But we always start <laughs> with a joke. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess we do. Yeah, no, I haven't got one. The joke is us. <laughs> <laughs> the joke is on us. Actually, that reminds me of a story about Whoopi Goldberg. Actually, there was a uh, someone came up to her in the street and said, "Say something funny. Say something funny." And she said, "You look a mess." And the guy was really taken aback, and she said, "What? You didn't find it funny? I found it funny." <laughs> oh, that woman, so sassy. Oh, I love her. She's wonderful. <laughs> Ghost is probably one of my favorite films. Ghost and Sister Act. Loves them both. Remarkable. And of course, she's in Star Trek. I'm a big, big Star Trek fan. Of course. You know, I saw Ghost for the first time last year. Really? Yeah. Really? Never seen it before. Yeah. Oh, anyway, oh, we, be- we better start. Yes. Hello and welcome to the Hype Life <laughs> Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. So you are <laughs> Brother Thomas Therese. Comma OP. Comma OP. And my name is Daniel. Yes, okay, sir. so today we have a topic which a couple of listeners have asked us to look into and that uh, is yeah let me stop you there i'm just gonna <laughs> i'll stop you there oh okay. if you want to uh suggest a topic or a question uh that you'd like us to talk about here at light from light uh then leave a comment on our instagram which is at lfl podcast or you can leave a comment on our podbean so uh like comment and subscribe as is the as the kids of today say yeah, you, you can say. leave a comment on the episode on Podbean. Okay, so our topic today came from two listeners. The topic is why be Catholic? So let me just explain what the two listeners said. So one is a Catholic, Brother Thomas, and they mm. they have asked that they said, being a young Catholic today is not a common thing. What can we say when people think it's uncool or silly to be a Catholic? Mm. All right. And our second listener I'm assuming they're not Catholic, but they've said, why would you be Catholics when the church has done so much wrong, i.e., or for example, crusades, silence yeah. during World War II, sex abuse scandals, etc., etc.? Well, gosh, yeah. So, ooh, big subjects. That, that silence and World War II one, just to, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, just to oh, jump yeah, in, yeah. that's something that I've, uh, obviously, I mean, you know, there's done a lot of uh, work and research on, so that's definitely one that I'd like to like to come back on the in inverted commas silence during world war ii that's a big debate in yeah how uh, the church responded i think that would be a very interesting subject to do a later date and the same with the others as well and the others yeah yeah Yeah. i think it is actually going to be quite an important thing to talk about things like the crusades or the inquisition or in more modern times of course the sexual abuse scandal and on the sexual abuse scandal nothing has been more destructive I think in modern times to the church, um, to I mean, by the church, I mean, individuals within the mm. church, not just the institution. I mean, it's, nothing has been more detrimental to the church's mission of yeah. preaching the gospel for the salvation of souls and all the rest of it and helping people. And nothing has been more detrimental to the church's mission, I think, than that. I know to... you feel the same way that, you know, it's a good thing that these things have come to light you know, it, it's yeah. awful, awful it that these things ever happened. But hopefully now that they've been brought to light by a lot of committed lay people inside the church and outside the church, uh, hopefully uh, this is something that will never happen again. Um, I, you know, I, I hope, I mm. hope that things like this will never happen again. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's let's part the like the specific, um, mm-hmm. those specific examples 
um, for now. I think we could probably look at them at a later date and, yeah. and in more detail and, and do them justice, really. You know, do the mm. subject justice. For now, take the step back and look at the subject or the question mm-hmm. of why be Catholic under the general idea of goodness, truth and mm. beauty. And the first thing is, I mean, the first oh, thing I want to say, <laughs> the first thing I want to say before you get going is um, like, I, I understand the these questions because it's, it is tough sometimes being a Catholic. Like it's it's tough being a young Catholic. You know? mm. uh, it's tough being a Christian, you know, living this Christian life. And while I was at university, up until that point at university, most people just look at you and say, oh, it's just a hobby, you know, being a Catholic. But once you enter into your your adult years, you know, most people start thinking, why are you still a Catholic? And while at yeah. university, I had questions coming from all sides, as, as I'm sure you did as well. I mean, you were at a Catholic mm-hmm. university, but I'm sure you were still grilled on why uh, yeah, you were like Catholic. you wouldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. So surviving I mean, that... as a Catholic, it's hard enough, <laughs> let alone thriving. You know, let alone yeah. growing in your faith. So it, it can be really tough. And I fully sympathize. So, okay, so first of all, truth, uh, goodness, truth and beauty. I think the first thing to say is they, they go together. There's mm-hmm. a harmony. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, I think that which is true is also good and beautiful. And uh, I think we can also say that that which is good is also beautiful and true. And also that which is beautiful is also good and true yeah but i I think we can also consider them under separate aspects too i think just to go back uh, just to something that you you were saying before about um catholics and things and oh you know there's not many many catholics and things and i mean i agree with you it is it is a difficult thing to uh, or a difficult thing often in society to tell people that (laughs) that you're a catholic because very often people will assume things about what you believe about what you're going to think about stuff and it's almost like they can have had a conversation with you before you've actually had it and i mean i went to a catholic primary school catholic secondary school i know you didn't uh, and then on to a university where there were a lot of jesuits and things so but even in those places you're quite right there's a lot of challenging things and stuff but don't lose hope you know there are 1.6 billion catholics in the world if not more there are plenty of young Catholics out there, right? You've just got to find the places and the situations to meet them. And the situation that we find in Britain is not the same situation that we find in America or in Latin America or in Africa on different continents and things. So, you know, don't, you know, don't lose hope. Uh, and at every university, if, if this person is at university, find the Catholic chaplaincy, get involved. Yeah, so there, there are sort of reasons for hope and things. But yeah, coming back to goodness truth and well let, let me just let me oh, add to your your point there before this is like 10 minutes in we haven't got to our subject yet but um i i would i would what say a surprise uh, i i would add to that and yeah and say also for the second listener who mm. uh, for them these things are huge obstacles you know yes i would say the same thing like to to try and look at their faith from the inside of the church to see like what, to see what it's about. You know that saying that from the outside, the stained glass windows look drab and dour and they, oh, they yes. look dull. But from the inside, so inside the cathedral, you can see what the stained glass windows are. And, you know, and they shine with beauty when the light's coming through them. So well, I, I, just to draw on that analogy even further, 
that's true during the daytime, right? You walk past a church with beautiful stained glass windows during the daytime, and from the outside, you can't see. You, it's true, they just look like black windows that are a bit sort of fractured. And on the inside, you see the light when it's bright outside. But mm -hmm. when it's dark outside, and there are people inside with the lights on, yeah. those beautiful lights from the church shine out. Yeah. And it's in the darkness, when it's dark outside and light inside, that's when people see the beautiful stained glass windows and those images of the saints. I think there's something quite very telling about that, you know, in a world that has so much darkness. When you have people like Mother Teresa come along and, you know, people like that, they really shine out and stand out. Oh, we could we could just talk about this analogy. I think so. I think oh. there, there, there's something else to to draw on in that point. Uh, uh, what we might call in the business, we'd call it an ecclesiological point or a or a churchy <laughs> churchy sort of point. Ecclesiology just meaning uh, words about the church. The church, Pope Francis very often will say, is like a hospital. So when you do see bad behaviour within the church and everything, it shouldn't surprise us because sinners are also supposed to be inside the church just as much as the saints are and that hopefully by being inside the church they have the opportunity to be transformed by god's grace so that's you know when we do see bad behavior in inside the the church and things um i think that's one of the things that we have to remember what what i call <laughs> the three p's of patience prudence and pruning pruning that which is bad with kindness and gentleness you know uh, we all we all sin and we all have uh, some sins that uh, repel us uh, on a personal level more than others we all have i think a lot of us might have the same ones of those um, but remembering that patience that wisdom or prudence and um, yeah you know you catch more what is it saint francis de sales said you catch more bees with Honey, then catch more vinegar. flies, yeah. Catch more, more flies, flies and St. Benedict has another one with um, be careful when removing the rust lest you break the instrument. And yeah. I think there's something very true about that. So, you know, when you do see bad uh, behavior on the part of some people from within the church, and most of the time, you know, it might just be, you know, an unkind word said or, mm. you know, gossip or whatever it is, you know you know remember that the church is also a hospital and it's a, it's a hospital as much as it is a home and people have many different types of ailments and sicknesses that they come to the church with mm. you know you know that jesus guy you know that jesus guy <laughs> you probably <laughs> can't hear didn't... me laughing because my crisp is on but <laughs> i'm laughing yes i do know that jesus guy what do you want to know didn't, about him? didn't he have a, a saying that said you shouldn't pull up the weeds Straight away. Oh yes, the the, uh, the wheat and the tares. Yeah, the, the yeah. So you let the Darnell? weeds and the something like that. The you let the yeah. weeds and the wheat grow side by side. Saint Augustine draws upon this as well. You let the weeds and the wheat grow side by side, yeah. uh, in case when you tear them, tear them up, you remove the good along with the bad. You know, so sometimes yeah. there is that overlooking. But obviously, it also reminds me of that quote from John the Twenty Third um see everything overlook a lot and improve a little i think there's a great deal of of uh truth in that yeah yeah but obviously do as much uh, as you can to mm -hmm. eradicate the opportunity for these horrific things to to happen okay so 
taking a which step back. Which actually brings us back to... <laughs> there we are, yeah. Go on. Brings us back you to segue. goodness, truth and beauty. Let's start with something like goodness, okay? So goodness, you can have this, this sort of goodness of being. You can have the goodness of public action or moral goodness. And you can have the goodness of right teaching or right thought. So sort of propositions, right? So thoughts or... Uh, beliefs we might more commonly say today so sort of ontological goodness as we it just basically means the goodness of being there's something good and true and beautiful about being a community or community life with all its little dramas uh, and, but this community like a like a family is fundamental because it's also about union with the divine it's not just about union with each other like a sort of like a, a political union or a political community uh, which we're all also part of but it's also about union with the saints in heaven with angels uh, with the angels and the and the uh, whole communion of saints but also particularly with the source of all goodness or truth or beauty, wisdom, life and love. It's about unity with God as much as with our neighbour. So there's something good uh, just simply about being part of this. There are benefits that we have simply from just being a member of the church, from just being a member of the mystical body of Christ, right? So that's goodness under sort of one aspect. Then we have sort of moral goodness, now this is somewhere where we might have a, a bit of a bit of contention as we've already spoken about already earlier there are plenty of examples where people in the church haven't been morally good but we also do have on the other hand the fact that the church is the largest single distributor of aid in the world you know that the church runs hospitals and medical facilities and you know we have people fighting for indigenous rights and running soup kitchens and homeless shelters um you know, we have Catholics in the 1800s advocating a living wage and taking political action to to bring that about. Um, so there is also that sort of that, that moral goodness there. And, um, you know, let's also perhaps go back a little bit and remember that the church is also a hospital uh, and a place for uh, saints and sinners. But when we look, uh, I think we should also look at our best examples of the moral life. Those who live the church's teaching fully you know um with those who don't live the church's teaching fully remember what i just said we're a hospital we're a place where people have all sorts of ailments and sicknesses and we respond to those people with patience and prudence and pruning when when necessary um but if you want to see the difference that the church makes and the holy spirit makes and you want to see that sort of moral goodness you know look to the lives of the saints and people like people like Teresa of calcutta mm -hmm. you know mother Teresa. it, re it reminds um, me of a, a quote actually from Fulton Sheen, who's mm. an American archbishop. He lived last the last century, very well known in America, probably not so much here. But he said, if you want to judge the Catholic Church, judge it not by those who barely live by its spirit, by the example of those who live closest to it. And then what you'll find is those three things. You'll find people transformed and they uh, they have goodness, truth, and beauty in their lives. So Mother Teresa, as you mentioned, or people like like Francis of Assisi. Like yes, how many how yeah. many people? Teresa of Lisieux, my my own your favorite. favorite. <laughs> but like, how many people look at the life of Saint Francis of Assisi 
and conclude like this is a beautiful life this is a life that's yes. full of goodness uh, that radiates and look at what joy he doesn't and have, beauty right he he mm. you know he lives a life of dedicated poverty wearing sackcloth and ashes a life of severe penance of fasting uh, you know, he he does he does have by today's standards an uncomfortable life. Isn't but that your life as well? As actually, it is. <laughs> it is a bit, yeah. Um, Maybe not the sackcloth and ashes. Not in the same way. No, not not in the same. Uh, not to the same extremity. Uh, but we do live. Uh, uh, yeah, we do. Like we he do didn't have shoes. Do you comfort. have shoes? We do have shoes. Actually, this is one of the big differences, even <laughs> from the medieval times between Franciscans and Dominicans, is we were known as the shodden friars, which basically means the uh, the friars who wear shoes. So this is something <laughs> that goes back quite a way. Not the Although shoddy, we were forbidden, shoddy friars. When we started, we were forbidden from riding on the backs of uh, horses. Um, it's too fast, yeah. Too quick in travel. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant my talking. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Well, that, that doesn't well, surprise me. No. At the time, of course, people sort of saying, actually, some of the same things that people say now, where is poverty in the life of the church? You know, your poor master, Jesus, you know, I can't see him in you. Where's your poverty? And this is one of the reasons why Dominicans refused to travel on horseback, uh, even though it was obviously inconvenient and painful and things. It was so that people could see that, you know, we really believed uh, what we what we profess and that we really do want to be faithful disciples of Jesus so that people can come closer to him anyway i'll probably leave it at that. i'll leave it at that before i go on and on okay but so then next, i would talk about like like propositional goodness now propositions what i'm talking about there is like right thought or or right teaching not in the sense of not in a necessarily re, uh, a restrictive way of course you do have legitimate debates and disagreements which are all are all fine but then when you can sink your teeth into a into a good argument or a good uh, something good to meditate upon like for example that god is love you know it's like a a werther's original that you can uh, suck on ponderously for hours before putting that into practice you know or oh, another wow. or another another you explain what that is thing. what's a werther's original <laughs> what do you mean what's a werther's everyone knows what, don't they have well, you never I had think... a, it's like a little sweet it's most sweet people associate thing. them with your grandparents you know Oh, I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't really eat well as originals uh, it's that It's that sort of toffee-coloured sweet, which toffee would tasting. be... <laughs> yeah, toffee-tasting, or caramel, which would be caramel, yeah. on the side of your grandparents' table, and they've left it there for a few hours because... <laughs> and then my they come back had, to uh, <laughs> My granddad used to have custard creams on the side of his table. I loved custard creams. Custard creams, jammy dodges. He used to work for Cadbury's, which is where he used to get all these things from. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to work for Cadbury's. He used to have this little um, cupboard in his in his bedroom where he had all these all these chocolates hidden away, and there you he used are, to sit on the something. arm of his chair playing Countdown. He used to love watching Countdown. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, going back to the like propositional goodness or like the goodness that we find in in orthodoxy or right teaching and things you know there are other stuff like you know that all human life has a dignity to, uh, to it given by god and is therefore inalienable you can't take it away or remove it no matter what you do you know neither neither stupidity or failure can take this love that that god has for you away and I mean, this is one of the reasons why it matters so much how you treat people. And this is really the foundation of the idea of universal human rights. 
is that we're all made in the image and likeness of God. I haven't yet heard a good uh, account of why we should respect other people's human rights. You know, if there's no God in an atheistic world, you know, why, you know, why should the dictator of Burkina Faso or wherever, you know, care about your inalienable human rights if they don't believe in God, if they just think it's, say, a, a Western construct or a contract theory, well, then all you have to have is a dictator to come in and take it away. Now, those things can still happen when you have that belief that, you know, the God who is love makes you in his image and likeness. But you, you have that sort of sense of protesting. You have that reason why what they're doing is morally wrong and reprehensible. But where does that come from when you, when you take that away, uh, that belief away isn't particularly clear to me. Um, but if you disagree with me, of course, leave a comment in the comment section on Podbean or on our Instagram. Okay, uh, yeah. so moving on. Truth. So that which is true, I would say, is also good and beautiful, of course, as I've just been going on about. And But then you've got this question, well, what is truth? So Aristotle, uh, I think, in my mind, comes up with probably the best definition of truth. If you say of something that is, that it is, then you have spoken truly, right? So if you say of something that is, that it is, then you have spoken truly. This is this is like the same thing that we mean when we, you know, when we say like call a spade a spade. Mm, yeah? yeah, it's like it, that's basically what it means. You know, if you call a spade a spade, then you've spoken truly, right? And we can also say that that which is true is also good and also beautiful. So uh, we can talk about the the truth of something existing or the the or moral truth or the idea that God is love, like these things are beautiful and good things to believe. Yeah, and I think the truth is a really important thing for for both of us. And, and I think that's rather important for you as a Dominican and the emphasis on in yes. the intellectual tradition. Great plug for little, the order. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is really important. And I think it's important for all of us. Like We want to live our lives by something that is mm. true. Yes. You know, we want our worldview or our politics or our, our religion yeah. to be true yeah we believe certain things because we believe them to be true regardless of what you know end of a political spectrum we might be on regardless of what uh, religion we might be of we believe these things because we believe that they are true but it's not just about you know true belief it's also about truthful ways of living and truthful ways of being it's about that sort of authenticity you know, living your life in authenticity with what is true, you know, and, and a lot I of the movements that, that we it... see coming up now, you know, whether whether we agree or not with with their premises and things with the with the things that they believe, that's what they're concerned about, isn't it? They're concerned about truthful ways of being and truthful ways of living and living in accordance with truth as they understand it. And the people who disagree with a lot of these new movements, why do they disagree with them? They disagree with them because they don't true. believe yeah. that they're true. Yeah. And if you follow what is true, I think that you will find flourishing. You know, it might be painful. It might be hard. But there is a certain sort of beauty that you can have in that, you know. I think actually that links really well with our questions. So like if if you know yourself that your faith is true, you've explored it, you have... Uh, looked at it from all the different contexts then you can safely say like yeah i live by the truth so no matter what other people may have as an opinion about the about your faith and the way you live your faith you can stand there and say like, surely actually i i have searched this 
and I know it to be true. Yes. And then likewise with this, the second question. Yeah, there are all these these tough subjects, but have you searched the the teaching? Yeah. Actually, this this reminds me of something. When I was at university, I was living with my with my granddad, and he. Well, I'd often man. ask him questions. Yeah, brilliant man. I'd often ask him questions about the faith, and his question would always be very Thomistic. His reply would all, would always be a question: Have you looked into this subject? Have you lived by the faith? Uh, man after my own heart. It's not brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Okay, so you 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 have this opinion on this particular teaching, but have you searched that teaching to find the good in it? You know, a blessing. What's the reason behind that particular mm. teaching? And I think. That's really important, the search for truth and being honest and looking at the context of each particular teaching, you know, yeah. as a whole. Actually, you've just reminded me of something else. One of my Jewish friends said to me, you know, the first question that a Jewish child is told to ask is why. And I think there's something beautiful, very, yeah. very beautiful in that. You never feel ashamed or embarrassed about asking question, asking questions about your faith and about uh, religion and about Catholicism. You know, a search for the truth is a search for God himself. So never be afraid of asking those questions and persist in, in asking those questions and trying to go deeper until you find a good answer. Don't give up searching, right? Don't give up asking for those questions. I, mm. I would, you know, I'd also say that when I was at, at school, both in primary school and in secondary school and also at university, it's precisely the reasons that we've given for believing that we believe that it's true, good and beautiful it's precisely on those grounds that we were challenged, you know, challenged on the moral goodness, for example, of the church, challenged on not only uh, challenged on uh, on the truth claims that the church makes, either about Jesus or about morality or whatever it is. I mean, I, I've always gone to church and found goodness, truth and beauty in the church, even from when I was what seven years old, when I when I first started going. Uh, that could be another interesting episode, how we both came to faith. Uh, but as I got older, uh, it became more difficult for people to answer the questions that I had. But I, I never left. I always stayed and, and uh, either came up with the answers myself or read more about them. And obviously, it's actually the, my passion and search for what is true and my love for the truth that has, as you quite rightly point out, has led me to the Dominican order, uh, the motto of our order is veritas, which means truth. And that on one level is a pursuit of intellectual truth, but it's also a pursuit of authentic and truthful ways of living, of being with each other, you know, and being with God. So I think yeah. that search for truth is something that, that's one that we've definitely been challenged on. And very, because this is the thing, I'm sure you had the same thing. A lot of us think, you know, when we talk about our faith, they'll just sort of think, oh, well, of course, you only believe that because you're brought up that way. But actually, I, I, whilst my family is, in inverted commas, Catholic in some respect, it was only my grandmother who was a practicing Catholic. Nobody else in my family was really practicing, practicing the faith. They're good people. The good people, but they wouldn't go to church and they hadn't really thought about the faith a, 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 you know, a great deal. Uh, there were many things that they'd rejected uh, about the church and things. So by no stretch of the imagination is it just that we've been morally coddled and hidden away from the world. And you came back to your faith when you were in your late teens, when you were at university. 
Yeah. And well, you know, to I never, of... I never left the practice of the faith. It got rekindled at university mm. through through all these questions. Mm. The assumption that that Catholics haven't just, you know, oh, if you just thought about things a little bit harder, then you'd you'd realise that Catholicism was untrue. Well, actually, the harder I think, the more I be, the more that I become convinced that this is true and that this is rational. Uh, yeah. So okay, so let's go truth. on to <laughs> beauty. To beauty. We're, we're getting on with time you know, okay so I, beauty as... hey tom brother tom <laughs> yeah your older brother thomas aquinas has a very yeah. interesting definition of beauty so it can help us understand beauty do you know what it is actually i do oh uh, it's oh, I got you <laughs> <laughs> it's uh integritas uh consonantia and uh claritas if i'm not mistaken oh okay yeah you might okay, want to translate you know that for the people, though. Yeah, you know it. Okay. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll translate it. So, integritas, so wholeness. Go on, you pronounce the second one. Consonantia. Consonantia. Great. So, consonantia is like harmony. So, harmony means to sound together. These mm -hmm. things come together. Okay. And claritas is clarity, as it, yeah. as it sounds pretty similar. So, radiance or, or splendor. So when we look at something beautiful, we see these three things together. So when you see something beautiful, you look at it and you say, okay, it's about one thing. It's integral. All the things come together to form like a, a wholeness or something which is integral uh, or is one, like a unity. And then you also see like there's a, there's a harmony to it. Every element fits together. Every part comes together and it leads us to say like, wow, that is beautiful and also there's like a, a clarity a clarity to it a, a, a yeah. claritas it's it's, it's interesting that thomas aquinas that's how he defines beauty when so many thinkers and theologians and philosophers throughout the centuries would say those three things are true about his thought and his theology he wrote yeah, crazy they, amounts didn't he because they, it's, they come back it's together harmonious it's clear point. Uh, and that's not to say oh, sorry, that his I thought you were grow. saying that they were they were good, true, and beautiful. <laughs> oh, they because are. what he yeah, wrote no. was true. It you is know, what he wrote was good, and it was also beautiful. <laughs> and the, 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 another thing to remember is, that, I mean, very often people will think that you know his thought didn't change over time, but it did. You know, he did his thoughts did change over time, and he honed it and he refined it. And it, you know, it reminds me a little bit of that mystical experience he has at the end of his life, where he comes into the sacristy and starts crying, saying that he's never going to write anything again because he had this experience of the divine. He had this experience of Jesus. And he said, nothing I have ever written is going to be as beautiful as what has been revealed to me by the Lord. Everything I've written is like straw. Except, well, he uses a stronger word than straw, but that's not fair. <laughs> that's not being um, dung. Not, not in our way, but airways. Yeah. Think again about the beauty of being, you know, the, the, if you look out at, at a, a sunset or I mean, when you're in the church and you're, you're part of the church and you're at the heart of that community, there is a beauty about being together and being with God and a, a beauty also of that sort of moral life. You know, when you look at somebody like Mother Teresa, you know, here you've got this small Albanian little beautiful old lady you know, who's going around sort of doing beautiful, beautiful work. You can't deny that, you know, and the, also the beauty of uh, the, that propositional beauty of those things that are, are true and good and, and beautiful, you know. 
just to sort of summarize the sort of the answer to the question, you know, why be a Catholic? Basically, what we're trying to say is we're Catholics because we believe it's good. We're Catholics because we believe it's true. And we're Catholics because we believe it's beautiful. We see the beauty and the truth and the goodness, uh, the goodness of it, of it being the goodness in the uh, good works that are done, goodness in the truth of of what is to to propose to be believed you know so why are we catholics we're catholics because we believe it's good we're catholics because we believe it's true and we're catholics because we think it's beautiful here ends the podcast <laughs> god bless god bless bye